Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Did you know that I'm a sinner? It's so sad, but so true. Am I a good person? Yeah, sure I am. But that doesn't mean that I don't sin. A lot. Before you're scandalized, let me clarify that I'm referring to venial sins here, not mortal sins. However, if I'm going to be real, before my reversion back to Catholicism, I lived in mortal sin for many dark years. But that's a story for another time. For me, my stumbling block is other people. Just kidding. My sins are typically not the doing so much as they are in the thinking and not doing. In my thoughts, my attitude, and my lack of service to other people. That's what gets me. The struggle's real, people. You know, if only I could be a hermit, my problem would be solved. Yeah, right. I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't work that way. In fact, it's people, along with God's grace, that help me to grow in virtue and die to my selfishness. It's that whole meant for communion thing that we talked about before. I can't tell you how many times a day I realize after the fact, that I failed to see someone through the eyes of Christ or to be Christ to someone else. How many times I think, oh, I should confess that. Does that happen to you? Like, do you experience those daily moments when you realize you shoulda, coulda been a better Christian? I presume everyone experiences that because we're all sinners, because we're all humans. Yet when Paul writes to the Hebrews, he says, Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is a wonderful invitation given to us, to be able to have front row passes to God and His throne of grace. But sometimes I find that this is a little bit out of reach because I'm a fallen human being, also known as a sinner. Like, I want to be a little bit better be a little bit more perfect, a little bit closer to sainthood before I get that close to the Lord. Thankfully, again, it doesn't work that way. God wants us as we are. He wants me as I am right now in this moment. The Lord in his mercy has given us the church and the church offers something that can help us when we know that we're a little bit too far from God or farther than we want to be. And that is reconciliation. When we go to confession, we have the opportunity to reconcile our relationship with God by confessing our sins to the Lord who lovingly forgives us. But not only are we given the gift of forgiveness and a closer relationship with God, we get additional graces to help us to not commit those same sins anymore, to be able to grow in virtue and to become more holy. It's like when you bundle your cable provider, you know, you get more and you pay less. No, actually, it's nothing like that. It's way better. Now, the great news is that we don't only have to wait until we go to confession to receive God's mercy for those pesky little venial sins that drive me crazy. Close to the very beginning of the Mass, we have what is called the penitential rite. This is the part where we say, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Now, my impression of this part of the Mass growing up is a little convoluted. When I was a kid, it reminded me of roughhousing with my brother or my cousins. You know, when someone would have me in a headlock and was cutting off my air supply, and so I'd cry out, uncle, or mercy, or whatever word we chose, just because I just couldn't take the punishment anymore. 
And I don't know if this was only my experience, but my opponents were ruthless and I'd have to beg and fight to be released. And so the idea of begging for mercy was only to escape something painful that someone wanted to inflict on me. And this kind of carried over into the mass. I mean, the minds of children are funny, but very impressionable. But really, this is not what we're doing when we say, Lord, have mercy. We're not trying to escape or fight from some pain that someone wants to inflict on us. What we're doing is we're making three statements of faith. When I learned this, this totally changed the way I approached the Mass and the way I approached the Lord. So when we're making these statements of faith, what we're doing is acknowledging that God has ultimate power, that He has the power and the authority to forgive us. Not only can He do this, but He wants to do it. He wants to forgive us because when He forgives us and we're truly repentant, we are now closer to Him. And once we are closer to Him, we then also are able to grow to be even more close to Him. And that's what the Lord wants. He wants to have such a close, intimate union with us. So when we are entering the penitential rite during the Mass, yes, we're recalling our sins, but more than that, we're singing a song of praise to God. We're praising Him for His mercy. We're praising Him because He wants to give us mercy and that He wants to be with us. Now, mercy is a word that comes from the ancient Jewish tradition. From the very first time that the Lord spoke to Abraham, he began what we know as salvation history, the plan that God has for the salvation of the souls of his people. Today, it is us who are God's people. The Hebrew word that sums up the Jewish tradition of mercy is hesed. The exact translation is loving kindness. But loving kindness is a very pregnant phrase. It goes all the way back to the start of salvation history with Abraham. God had made a covenant, like a super strong promise made between family members that bonds them. Man, in his sin, in his weakness, in his fallen state, violated the covenant that was made between man and God. So throughout all of the whole Testament, there's going to be a handful of covenants that God makes with man. Why? Because God and man would make a covenant and we, humanity, would fail in our end. God always forgave us. Not only did he forgive us, moreover, he would offer us a new opportunity, so a new covenant, in order that we may be saved. The last and final covenant in salvation history is with Jesus Christ. And we know as Christians that Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection was for the sake of our salvation so that we may become saints in this life. And then once we die, we'll be able to spend eternity with God in the Holy Trinity love fest. Every time we are at Mass and we say, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, we are recalling this ancient and living promise, this promise that the Lord has been so faithful to us that he has continually renewed his covenants that man had broke just so that in the end, we may spend our eternity with him. Why? Because he wants to be with us so bad. His heart longs for us that he will do anything possible to make this happen. Hence, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, God incarnate, God being slain for us out of love and fidelity to the covenant. Now, say you're at Mass and this part of the Mass comes up. It will be at the beginning, so pay attention. The priest will invite us to acknowledge our sins so that we can prepare ourselves to celebrate the Mass. Then we have a small pause. 
And mentally, you're trying to go over your day or your week in reverse order. Or maybe you're like me, and in your thoughts, you just keep repeating the question, what are my sins? What are my sins? And all of a sudden, you realize time's running out. And you're worried because you don't want this moment to pass you by because it's such a powerful moment, the moment that sets up the rest of the mass so that you can benefit from it optimally. The pressure kicks in and then, bam, this briefest of pauses passes and you're just like a little bit crushed internally. Don't fret because in the mass, there are at least two more opportunities for our repentance, basically our, for us to recall our sins and call on God's mercy. For example, when we say the Our Father, we say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yeah? Remember that part? We forget stuff like this in the basic prayers of the faith. Right now, be honest with yourself. Does this happen to you? All of our root prayers have power, and we need to be vigilant with God's grace to pray these words, letting them penetrate our thoughts and our hearts. So say you're at Mass and we've covered the penitential rite and maybe you mentally hadn't gotten there yet. And so you say, okay, I'm going to wait for the Our Father. Once you get to the Our Father, for some reason, your mind blanks out. The third opportunity in the Mass that's always there is during the prayer before communion, where we say, Lord, I am not worthy for you to enter under my roof. Please say the words and my soul shall be healed. You know what you just did? You just humbled yourself before the Lord. And in a declaration of humility like that, one that comes out and says it like it is, that says, I just need the Lord's grace because I'm a fallen human being, that right there is going to help set the stage perfectly to open you up interiorly, as long as this is a prayer from your heart, so that moments later, when you walk up and receive the Eucharist, you are now going to be in a place to really receive what the Lord is giving you. Yes, you're receiving his body and blood, but let's not forget that also means his soul and his divinity, which will transform you. I don't want to leave out that sometimes there are other prayers that the priest prays during the communion rite, or there's a time during the homily when the priest may encourage penitence and the calling to mind of our sins so that we might ask for forgiveness. However, these three parts that I went over, the penitential rite, the Our Father, and the prayer before communion are always present during the Mass. These are three moments that are necessary for us to be able to receive the gift of communion in a way where we will benefit from it to have the biggest impact. Let's just stop and marvel at how wonderful this is. The Lord knows that we need this in order to get the most out of the Eucharist, to be able to enter into communion with Him. Dude, he created the church to entrust his mysteries, such as the Eucharist. Look at it. The first thing that we're doing when we begin Mass is enter the penitential rite. In the penitential rite, we are admitting that we have a problem. It's sin, people. If you have ever heard of any sort of recovery program, the first step to recovery is admitting that you have a problem. And that's what we're doing in the penitential rite. But the Lord has given us multiple opportunities during the Mass in the event that we have missed the penitential rite. The Catechism mentions something along these lines. In the Catechism, in paragraph 1847, it reads, To receive his mercy, we must admit our faults. The Catechism goes on to quote scripture, which states, If you say you have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How awesome is our God? Next time you go to Mass, you walk in there and you say, Jesus, I am a sinner and I need your mercy. And remember that mercy is not just begging to be forgiven. It's God, the creator of the universe, calling you to himself so that you may have salvation in him. Because that's his ultimate desire for us to be with him in this life to become saints, and in our next life in heaven, to be with him in that union. If all the Catholic sinners out in the world do this every time they go to Mass, I believe that we will be transformed interiorly and that we will be equipped to transform the world. All right, everyone, it's been real. If you have any topic suggestions or any questions, please send them on over to radio at catholic.com. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.